Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Are the cities of gold real or just a legend? Join Esteban and his friends as they search for the treasure of the mysterious cities of gold. Only on Nickelodeon. Children of the Sun, this podcast has just begun. <sighs> Hello and welcome to episode 101 of Two Geeks, Two Beers. I went full DJ there. <laughs> Never go full DJ. Uh, where we'll be following the path of the setting sun that leads to El Dorado and the mysterious cities of gold. I'm Morgan Jeffrey, and with my friend in tow, I search for the cities of gold. He's Tom Eames. Hello. If you're yet to twig from the subtle hints I've been dropping, in this episode we'll be embarking on a voyage back to the 16th century, or 1982 at least, as I introduce Tom to the classic animated series, The Mysterious Cities of Gold. Nice. Uh, And we've actually sort of made an effort with the beer for once. Because for a long time, this era of COVID, we didn't really make, we just didn't bother with getting themed beers like we used to. Um, Bringing it back. But we are. 2022, we're bringing back the themed beer gimmick. Attempting to bring it back. And and thankfully, this one was one of the easiest ones we ever had. Um, (laughs) When it's it's like Planet of the Apes, and you're like, some kind of, must be some kind of monkey beer, surely. (laughs) The best one was Gamma Ray, wasn't it, for Hulk? Hulk. Great. Uh, But no, because it's Mysterious Cities of Gold, it means just get a, a golden ale. Great, that's all you need to do. So um, I've got a couple for us today. You are drinking Mm. the Firecatcher Golden Beer from uh, Witchwood Brewery. Very nice. And I am having, uh, it's just Rainwright's The Golden Beer. The Golden, wow. Yeah, so cheers. Cheers. While we're on the subject of beers, by the way. Mm. I I mean, we often are. Yeah, Um, just just a little story from the other day that I thought you'd find funny. Mm. Um, Went to just a pub that I've always fancied going near where I live in Islington. I won't name the pub. Um, well, in case your your fans track you, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, we went, uh, you know, just just went to the bar. And I was like, oh, they have got Doom Bar, great, I love Doom Bar, mm. great, great beer you can get in loads of places. Lovely beer. It's, it's from your neck of the woods, isn't it? Yeah, Southwest. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, asked for a pint of Doom Bar, and the uh, the girl behind the bar, mm. bear in mind, she looked like she was a student. Mm. She looked very young, and she goes, oh, and she looked at me, and the the reaction was as if. Um, I thought she was going to say, oh, it's off. You mm. can't have... I was like, oh, okay. I was about to say, oh, fair enough. I'll go for something else. Yeah. And she looked at me and said, oh, no. I'm afraid it is an acquired taste. I couldn't believe it. What, what, she was like, you look like... You. Yeah, but Doombar, <laughs> it's like the most like safe, relaxing, lovely, smooth ale you could ever possibly get. She was acting like I was having like her... You know when we went out that time and I went for a leffy? Mm. Uh, and as like that is an acquired 7% sense. or something mm. stupid and I asked for a pint of it mm. and the guy was like, are, are you sure? We Normally you have half pints of this it. I was like, no, yeah. I want a pint and it did not end well. But with this, it was like, how dare you? And I was only asking for a half pint as well. I only wanted a half today. Yeah. And she was just like, it's not yeah. quite, how dare you? I'll choose, I'll choose. And I was like, I said, I was like, no, I have it all the time. What are you on about? I just, I was just sort of. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, well, good. good. That that seems like the kind of thing you would think to say. No, afterwards. I said, no, I have and, it all and in the, time. the moment, you just go, oh, oh okay. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and then suddenly I'm not having a doom, but I'm having a Heineken. You've been challenged. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. How, how absolutely dare you? Like, sure, you don't want to die at Coke? Yeah. I was like, is it just the way I looked? Is it just, is it just. I don't think it can be the way. way... I had a big beard at the time as well. How dare you? It can't be the way you look because you look like someone who drinks yeah. ale. Thank you. Yeah, you do. Um, no, I didn't mean it as a compliment. It's not a compliment. I'll take it no. as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought you'd enjoy that story. I did, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, what familiarity, if any, do you have with the Mysterious Cities of Gold? Is it is it just 
the times I've discussed it in the past. Uh, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, like in the previous episodes, we were like, oh, we're going to make an effort now. Mm. Um, every time we know which episodes we're doing, we're going to like, oh. we're going to like, uh, the other one who's not doing the episode will mm. like watch a bit of it and try and track it down. Mm. And so they know a little bit of what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't do it today. No, no, no you've, been, you've been too busy getting, getting shamed <laughs> in, in pubs by teenagers. I did try, I looked a bit of it up on YouTube, but equally I was like, nah, I think this is one I, I'd probably do better not knowing. I did look it up a bit on Wikipedia and it said, um, all I needed to see, mm. and this is an example of how I think shows are back then were far more highbrow mm. for children. I mean, I don't know much about kids' TV now, but I just can't imagine there'd be a show now where the first opening phrase is set in 1532. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> but the, the, the plot just looked like something out of like a really highbrow, uh, like um, epic war drama. It's dense. Film. It is dense. Whereas now, then it was just a pithy um, 80s cartoon. Yeah. It was like, all right. But no, I don't really know anything about it. So looking right. forward to you to teach me. Well, so my obsession with this series stems, as a few previous episodes have, uh, from a VHS tape that we had when I was a kid, which was a compilation of shows uh, that my brother, who is six years older than me, had recorded off the telly in the 1980s. So I had sort of best of both worlds. So even though I was a child of the 90s, I also got to enjoy some all-time 80s classics like Transformers and uh, Muppets Babies and Ulysses 31 and this. Nice. So, coming up. I attempt to unpack a series mythology more convoluted and complex than any children's cartoon has any right to be. Uh, plus, why the show's characters are loosely linked to MC Hammer and how the original show was followed by not one, but two sequels. Hmm, interesting. So, The Mysterious Cities of Gold was a French-Japanese co-production uh, originally aired in Japan on NHK, which is sort of their version of the BBC, and it premiered on the 29th of June, 1982, running weekly for 39 episodes until its conclusion on the 7th of June, 1983, under its original title, Esteban, Child of the Sun. Uh, the French version, which was retitled The Mysterious Cities of Gold, aired on Antenne 2, uh, or I guess that's Antenne 2, yeah. uh, from September 1983 to July 1984, and was edited to feature different characterizations and music and all non-Japanese versions of the series have since originated from the French version uh, being redubbed and distributed in many different countries across the world. Uh, the series first aired in English in the United States on Nickelodeon from the 30th of June 1986 to the 29th of June 1990 and was aired twice in the UK on Children's BBC as it was then. Uh, first in 1986 and 87 and then again in 1989. Uh, the series went on to become a cult classic <laughs> in the West, uh, despite quickly falling into obscurity in its native Japan. Uh, but it's perhaps best remembered for its distinctive incidental music and phenomenal <laughs> theme song. Uh, so the Japanese version of the series featured music by Nobuyushi Koshiba, with additional composing by Ryuji Sasai, who at the time was a bass guitarist for the rock band Novella, and later became a video game composer, working on titles including 1991's Final Fantasy Legend 3 and 1992's Final Fantasy Mythic Quest. Uh, but the Western version has a score credited to Haim Saban and Shuki Levy. Ah, uh, we've heard of these guys before. Heard of these guys before, they've cropped up. Uh, with the theme song performed by Noam Kaniel, uh, an Israeli singer, musician, and composer who's apparently sold over 8 million records and is also known for composing music for series including X-Men and Power Rangers. I've waffled on long enough. Tom, do you want to hear the theme song to Mysterious Cities of Gold? I do indeed. Of course you do. Yeah. It is the 16th century. 
From all over Europe, great ships sail west to conquer the new world, the Americas. The men eager to seek their fortune, to find new adventures in new lands. They long to cross uncharted seas and discover unknown countries, to find secret gold on a mountain trail high in the Andes. They dream of following the path of the setting sun that leads to El Dorado and the mysterious cities of gold. Yeah, we've said it so many times before, but they, they just made an effort back then. Both whether it's video games or cartoon series, they just sort of they just took it up a notch. I'm sure they still do. <laughs> I'm sure they still do. But I feel like we could you could have I'm sure there must have been albums by now that these guys have some sort of compilation that's been put together. Oh yeah. I'll just listen to that. That'd be great. So the the Japanese score, the original Japanese score hasn't been released since the early 1980s, but the Western soundtrack, including that song, has been released multiple times on vinyl, CD, and digitally no. uh, between 1983 and 2017. But I I love that that theme song. I love the opening narration as well that builds up Explaining to it. Explaining the plot. Yeah, the Americas, <laughs> high in the Andes. It's just like, it, it's it's this weird sort of, there, there should be a word for it. Maybe there is, and I just don't know what it is. But um, it makes me feel sort of nostalgic and sort of happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> it's like, I'm so happy, but I'm also sad that I'm not eight. Well, I had that watching Ghostbusters Afterlife the other mm. day. Have you seen it yet? No. I won't give anything away, but I mean, you know it's obviously a nostalgia fest. And I, I just watched it thinking... I'm just overjoyed. This is great. But at the same time, I just felt this overwhelming sense of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not eight anymore. Yeah. Because it, it took me back there. Yeah. And it was so good. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> sidebar. Maybe that, is, maybe that is what Maybe that is what nostalgia is. Maybe that, uh, profound sadness. Profound, <laughs> profound sadness. But sort of taking the edge off that profound sadness. A uh, little bit of a bit of joy. <laughs> um, so the theme song to Mysterious Cities of Gold was so popular at its height in the 1980s uh, that then children's BBC host Philip Schofield, accompanied, of course, by Gordon the Gopher, oh, yeah. sang along to the theme <laughs> to mark the broadcast of the show's final episode. Well, this I have to see. Very good. We've distributed our song sheets to the entire presentation department, so they're all going to sing in there as well. Got them ready for the end of the programme? Here is the very last Mysterious Cities of Gold. <laughs> I love that they knew when it was the season finale. Yeah. Here we go. Are you all ready? Children of the sun. See your time is just begun. Searching for your way. 
<laughs> in the finale as well. <laughs> what a send off. Why is Gordon not joining in? Oh, look, there he is. The high notes. <laughs> I love that he didn't introduce the fact that he was going to do this. It just sort of started happening. Scope just mucking about. Really going for it. He has performed that like, on the West End, hasn't he? Scope. Oh, yeah. If anything, he could be a bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe this is his audition. <laughs> Lloyd Webber heard this and was like, get me Scope. <laughs> and the noise you heard with it was that lot in there. I've got them strapped to the microphone down here. That was magnificent. Magnificent. We'll bring it out on the record. Still to come this afternoon, don't forget. I mean, if you don't know what the broom cupboard was, what a great era that was for this kids' TV. So it was just, it was either Philip Schofield mm. or Andy Peters mm. sitting in a little room called the broom cupboard with normally a, a, pu- a puppet, either Gordon the Gopher or Ed the Duck, and they would just introduce, the. there'll be the continuity, I guess. I love that you tried to explain that to someone who might not know what the broom cupboard is, but you're like, they, you know, with with Gordon the Gopher, Red the Duck. Like, that's like, oh, of course. We're all aware of, of their work. Uh, maybe we can do a broom cupboard Definitely. episode. Absolutely. Future episode. Yeah. So The Mysterious Cities of Gold was co-produced by Studio Piero, which was a Japanese animation studio founded in 1979, which produced dozens of popular anime series, and by Deke Audiovisual. Oh, yeah. Our, f- our friends at Deke uh, later, Dick Entertainment, or genuinely, The Incredible World of Dick, um, which stands for, Tom, yeah. uh, Diffusion Information Communications. Yeah, so whatever. don't be so immature. Yeah. Uh, but that was the source of great hilarity among me and my school friends. Dick. Dick. Um, but Dick... Uh, co-produced many iconic animated series, uh, including Inspector Gadget, Mask, The Real Ghostbusters, G.I. Joe, Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> and more, including Hammerman. Hammerman? A Saturday morning cartoon starring MC Hammer as, as Hammerman, a superhero who owns a pair of magical talking shoes. Okay. I that was a thing. How it, long did that last for? Uh, I think a single season. But seasons back then were like 40 episodes. Yeah, they do 40 yeah, yeah. episodes of Hammerman. I used to watch it and not, I think enjoy it would be a stretch, <laughs> but because I was obsessed with anything yeah. superhero. Yeah. And I was like, What's, I, didn't even, I don't think I even knew who MC Hammer was. It might even even been my first exposure to MC Hammer. Um, pre, you can't touch this. And I, I, I was like, I sort of enjoy this. I guess he's a superhero. <laughs> so you didn't know who MC Hammer was? No. Just this guy with just, baggy trousers. Baggy trousers and talking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he a reverend now? Is he? Yeah, he, he found the Lord, I think. Father Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Hammerman, Hammer, Hammerman, Hammer. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the Hammerman will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the Hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was 
So <laughs> the mysterious cities of gold has more ties to other classic animated series. Its lead director was Hisayuki Toriyumi, previously best known for having directed the show Science Ninja Team Gatchaman, known to Western audiences as Battle of the Planets. Was Gatchaman friends with Hammerman? <laughs> he, may, he may well have been. He had a talking hat. <laughs> Superpowers. Any relation to Captain Planet? And watching over no. From Saturn oh. Neptune, Superpower Seven. <laughs> watching, warning against surprise attack by alien galaxies from beyond space. Protecting Earth's entire galaxy. Always five, acting as one. Dedicated, inseparable, invincible. Space adventures introduced by a title crawl with little rotund robots. Where did they get their ideas? <laughs> Remarkable. So Mysterious Cities of Gold was co-written by Bernard Deris and Jean Chalapin, uh, the founder of Deke, uh, who prior to Mysterious Cities of Gold was lead writer on Ulysses 31. Uh, episode 16, I seem to remember for some reason. Cor- correct. We tackled it back in episode 16. Uh, and he later worked as a screenwriter on Jace and the Wheeled Warriors, oh. Inspector Gadget, and Conan the Adventurer. Conan the Adventurer. Uh, the series was very loosely based on the novel The King's Fifth, by Scott O'Dell, a children's historical novel. Uh, it took a few of the central characters' names, the central quest, which was searching for the cities of gold. Uh, that's all the same, but the series is more science fiction-based and is set in South America, whereas the expedition in the book explores New Mexico and Arizona. So, let's start getting into the nitty-gritty okay. of, of the plot. We may be here sometime. Okay. Have a, have a sip of your beer. <sighs> so... <laughs> As you rightly pointed out, set in 1532, mm-hmm. uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold follows the adventures of a young Spanish boy named Esteban, voiced by then nine-year-old Shiraz Adam, a Canadian actor who retired after recording the series, never did anything else. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I can't, I can't peak. I can't. I, I've peaked. Yeah, I can't I, better this. I can't top it. Re- it's instantly retiring. A hundred percent home run. Boom. Done. Uh, mic drop. Yeah. Um, as of 2008, he was working as an engineer. Uh, so Esteban possesses two unusual things: a mysterious amulet and the ability to summon the sun which comes in very handy across the run of the series summon the sun summon the sun how close are we talking not like <laughs> not like can't like call it down upon his enemies and melt them yeah. it's just like if he if, you know he just wants to sunbathe for a bit yeah, like, yeah. exactly Get rid of the clouds. a bit rough outside he's like oh, come on and then the sun just shows up so uh, so following the death of his caretaker, Esteban departs for the New World in search of his missing, presumed dead father. Along the way, he bands with a gang of allies and they set off together on a voyage to find the lost seven cities of gold. Who built the cities of gold? Good question. <laughs> in the past, there was once an empire in the heart of that western ocean known as the Pacific, the Empire of Shiva. Thanks to the power of the sun, which they had learned how to control, the people of Hiva led peaceful lives and prospered. 
the same time, another civilization, Atlantis, existed to the east on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. It's a lot of, it's a lot of facts for kids to follow. They also knew how to use the power of the sun, and they built a magnificent empire too. Kids were cleverer about then. Then one day, a terrible war broke out between them. The cause was so trivial, history doesn't even record it. Don't even record it. Don't worry about it. When did it happen? The past. This war went on for years and years because the opponents had equal strength. Until the day when their armies first used the weapons of the sun. So that's like the atomic bomb, I see. Nukes. Nukes and that. It's like threads. <laughs> Just the end of human civilization. Right. This is the first episode, yeah? Uh, well, well, this is a flashback. Yeah. In the final Fine. episode. Right. Okay. And this was how those two great civilizations disappeared, engulfed by waves, swallowed up in the oceans to lie at the bottom of the sea forever. But the emperor of Hela had foretold this catastrophe. Before the tragic end of his people, he had seven cities of gold built in different places around the world. And in each one, he placed a great treasure, a source of energy like that in the heart of the sun. As you heard there, in the past, when? Just the past. Uh, two empires, Heva and Atlantis, who could harness the power of the sun uh, for a war and, and were destroyed when they used the weapons of the sun. Uh, but the emperor of Heva had built the seven cities of gold to preserve their amazing technology. Uh, hunting for the lost cities, Esteban is joined by Zia, the daughter of an Incan high priest who was kidnapped from Peru by Spanish invaders and wears a medallion like Esteban's. Uh, the studious Tao, who is the last living descendant of the sunken empire of Heva, uh, who is voiced by Adrian Knight, who also voiced uh, Ulysses' son, Telemachus, yeah. in Ulysses 31, and is now apparently a location manager who most recently worked on freeform series The Bold Type. All right. Hell of a career. Yeah. Uh, the three children are joined by the Spanish navigator Mendoza and his bungling associates, <laughs> the sailors Sancho and Pedro, who, and this is a quote from uh, Wikipedia, get into a lot of scrapes. Ah, uh, so you needed a little comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always, always get it to mischief. <laughs> uh, so Mendoza, he's a bit of a sort of Han Solo figure, mm -hmm. a bit of a rogue, never quite know where his uh, allegiances lie. And he was one of the Spanish invaders who kidnapped Ziva. Uh, but he was also uh, the man who rescued Esteban from a sinking ship when he was a baby. He was voiced by Howard Rishpan, and each episode of Mysterious Cities of Gold ended with a short live-action educational <laughs> film, also narrated by Rishpan, who also voiced the robot Nono in Ulysses 31. Uh, initially, the series is a mix of ancient South American history and archaeological adventure, but becomes more science fiction focused as the series continues, as the group discover many lost technological wonders of the Heva Empire, including a solar-powered ship, the Solaris, and the Golden Condor, a huge solar-powered mechanical bird, because why not? Okay. So I'm glad I'm glad the sci-fi element's coming into it, because I, I felt like, like if it was just set in the past in that kind of ancient world. I don't, I don't know if kids would stay interested. But once you've got a giant flying robot bird. What else do you need? <laughs> the 
So we're getting into Power Rangers uh, territory here, I see. Sort of. There's some way to control this thing. Everything is stuck fast. I can't do a thing. What about you? It's a mystery to me. The controls don't work like the ones in the Solaris. I love I love these French Japanese co-productions yeah. for where the dialogue doesn't quite, speed up. Yeah, the dialogue doesn't quite fit, and it's like <laughs> all the controls are fixed. I don't know what to do. On top of this, and then they've got to slow down on other bits. And everything. Esteban, it's the same shape as the one Esteban, come on! Any idea of a good one just now? We've got to do something. Oh my lady, you do it now. It's very good animation. Yeah, I was, I'm just occurring to me as well that like a lot, a lot of children's entertainment, and this is in no way a criticism. Okay. Uh, is based around the, the premise of so there's a kid, yeah? yeah. And, he, and he finds a thing and it fucking flies. <laughs> it's like Aquila. Aquila, yeah. Flight of the Navigator, yeah. uh, to some extent, Mysterious It's a Girl. It's like, yeah, they find a thing and it, it, it flies. <laughs> and flies, mate. Also, who's the, who's the Han Solo guy again? That's uh, Mendoza. I liked in, I assume that was him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like there was <laughs> it's obviously it's a podcast, can't see it. But I want to take a, a screen grab of Mendoza's face yeah. when um uh, Esteban is fiddling with the controls. Yeah. And he can't believe it. He, he's, he's there, he's, his face is just the fuck, this guy's a genius. His face is amazing. I want whoever animated that, well done. That was that was brilliant. Strong work. Yeah. Uh uh, so John Smith on uh, on Instagram, uh, uh, listening to the podcast, said, uh, "Love this when I was a kid." Lol. I wanted a golden condor. <laughs> there you didn't, go. Didn't we all? Didn't we all? Uh, so in their quest, our heroes come up against antagonists Gomez and Gaspard, who are also in search of the cities of gold, and the Omex, uh, based on a real civilization who lived from around 1500 BC to 400 BC. You don't get that in your Peppa Pig. You really don't. Uh, in this series, though, the Olmecs are the descendants of survivors of the global war who hid under their mountain, uh, suspended in cryogenic hibernation. I'm sorry, this is far too complicated. It's great, it's brilliant, but I can't believe the kids just sort of... Challenging. ...followed this. With, and back then, you didn't have Wikipedia to, to keep up with it. You just had to know what was going on and follow it and actually pay attention. Yeah, just had to... I mean, kids don't have a lot else going on there, do they? So it's like, if you can't remember from like week to week what happened in last week's Cities of yeah. God, it's like, so so what else was like commanding your attention this week? Was it was it sort of running around the garden in a, in a circle Again, over then, and over? You, or, was it like, or was it like wondering when you're going to get your next pack of skits? Yeah, because back then you didn't have anything. No. Didn't have anything. So good. Didn't have any technology. This is what. This is why we're so sad about was, not being eight. Yeah, it was such a a, a simple, like um, just laissez-faire time. Like yeah. nothing. Like oh, I, I'm just flabbergasted. I can't believe it. I can't believe how over the top complicated this is. I'm barely barely following what the plot is. You got too, you got too many other distractions now. I know. So I couldn't. I couldn't be. You couldn't watch Mysterious Sits of Gold and be tweeting away because you 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 you, no, you you lose the thread. Exactly. No. Uh, so the Olmecs uh, do not appear human, okay. having been mutated from the fallout of the nuclear war that destroyed their ancestors. I've got a little little image here. You can have a look at what the Olmecs okay. look like. Oh wow! Okay. Funny little fellas. They look like Patrick Stewart <laughs> meets Gollum. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Really good description. Um, also, just absolute shits. All right. The Olmecs, really. Just oh. absolute du- double twatty bastards. They really are. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> so, uh, another another fan of the podcast, Dan Maynard, he said, uh, well, I say a fan of the podcast, certainly a fan of this show, uh, said, I loved it, as it loved Mysterious Sits of Gold, but did it ever end? 
I'm not sure they ever found it. Oh. Incorrect, Dan. Uh, Mysterious Hits of Gold, unlike many series of the time, did have a series finale. Oh. Like a proper series Good. finale. Uh, so this is, this is actually where things get complicated. Oh. So, led by their king, Menator, uh, the Olmecs seek an artifact called the Great Legacy in order to power their cryogenic systems. Uh, Tao, uh, Esteban's friend, who is the last survivor of the Heva Empire, possesses a mysterious jar. Uh, the was, mysterious jar. That was the working title for the show. The mysterious <laughs> jar. Um, <laughs> how can a jar be mysterious? It's just like what have got, you got over there? It's, oh, a, it's a jar. Jar. It's very mysterious. Very, very mysterious. <laughs> Enigmatic. That jar. What the colours of it or the shape yeah. or I don't know the size. Just really like very mysterious. <laughs> very mysterious jar. I, I'd like to ponder on that jar some more. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Tao possesses a mysterious jar <laughs> very mysterious which, which according to the legend uh, only the high priest of the city of gold can open more on the high priest later okay. uh, Tao's jar proves to be the great legacy's cooling or control rod system okay following uh, eventually the Olmecs the fuckers <laughs> they succeed in taking control of the great legacy but without Tao's jar it begins to melt down there's a nuclear meltdown destroying the city of gold very complicated uh, the meltdown also threatens to destroy the entire world uh, meanwhile Esteban has discovered that the high priest of the city of gold is actually spoiler alert his long lost father uh, I don't feel bad about spoiling that because it is incredibly obvious all right. from, the, from the, the, the instant the high priest makes all his, of the illusions it's a lot of like ah my son and he's like, he's, he's oh. saying my son. And he's, but like, you know, in the way that people say my son, oh, my no. child. But there's all Esteban's like, hey, why are you so familiar? And it's like, hmm, oh, who could he, who could he be? <laughs> this, this, this high priest who wears a mask. It's like, oh, I wonder, wonder which character he could possibly turn out to, turn out to be. It's a little bit Darth uh, Vader, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so reunited with his father, Esteban loses him again. Oh, it's very, very careless. As the, <laughs> he just, yeah, just misplaces him. Um, as the high priest sacrifices his life to replace the jar and stop the meltdown. Proper finale. The jar. The jar. <laughs> replace the jar. I think they need a different word for it. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's Ch- like chalice. We can't just we can't change it now. We can't decide now. It's like right. Just just so you know, changing this now. We're not going to call it the jar anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. It's, it sounds very exciting. Yeah. So. So at the end of the series, uh, Mendoza, Sancho and Pedro, uh, they've managed to salvage some gold uh, before the City of Gold's destruction. They return to Spain with their with their uh, goods, with their booty, while uh, Esteban and his friends sail across the Pacific on the Golden Condor in search of the remaining cities of gold. I'm pretty sure that Mendoza, Sancho and Pedro will play for Real Madrid at some point. It does sound like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they went on to very successful uh, football careers. Uh, uh, so, thoughts on all that? I, I mean, I, it all sounds bonkers, and I don't understand it. Mm. But it might just be being me being dumb. But I feel like I'd need to see it to actually fully take it in. But you know, I mean, well done to them. <laughs> I mean, they really went for it back then. They, yeah. they, they. Set, this has more law mm. and like story mm. and like planning than any of the Star Wars sequel trilogy ever had. There's no, there was no coherent structure there. No. This, they knew what they're fucking doing. Yeah. They had one season to do it. Yeah. They did it all in what, 40 episodes? Yeah. Brilliant. Imagine, Tom, a series which starts off quite grounded. Yeah. Gradually introduces more and more sci fi elements yeah. as it goes along. Yeah. Um, but they actually fucking plan it and know, I, and, I, and know I what lost, they're doing. You mean? I, I, no, I didn't say lost. <laughs> I said lost. But imagine. I knew what you were doing. Imagine if, imagine if. They actually fucking planned it and yeah. knew, knew what they were doing from the start. That'd be 
be good. But how good would it be if all shows were like they used to be with these cartoons where they mm. got given a season and yeah. they said, right, you can make 40 episodes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go for it. So yeah. then you go, oh, all right, cool. So what, from start to finish, we end it after 40 episodes. Oh, yeah. All right, great. Because kids want it to be on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've grown up by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the end of the, that year, they've, they've, they've fucked off. They've, they've, uh, they've started a podcast and started whining about the fact they're not eight anymore. <laughs> and they can't just run around a garden and eat skips and watch Mysterious Cities of Gold. Bloody love what skips. What a life. Monster munch. When was the last time you had a packet of skips? Not that long ago, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I still eat all the crisps. <laughs> all the crisps? Yeah, I still have cheese strings. Do like, you? Even Billy Bear. If you, if anyone knows what Billy What's, Bear is... Is that, is that, that, like, that meat bear? It's that meat uh, sliced snack yeah. um, in the shape of a bear's face, yeah. which is always a bit weird. If I see that in a shop, which isn't that often, and I do, I'm buying some Billy Bear. That's honestly, till, still tastes amazing. Yeah. It's like the most processed meat you'll ever have. Do I was never allowed it because it was clearly so processed. Yeah. I've always been curious. Do the... And, and for uh, listeners who might not be aware of what a Billy Bear is, <laughs> it was kind of like the shape, but also the shape of a bear's face, yeah. but also like different, so rank, different parts of the meat oh, yeah, yeah. were different colours. Different colours, yeah. So like, you, could, you could push it out. Could you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, so you could push like, out his eyes and his mouth. Because like his yeah. eyes and his mouth were yeah. darker, yeah. darker meats. Yeah. Did, were they actually different? Did they taste uh, different? Not really. No. 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 Yeah. I it's this weird thing where so many children's foods are shaped like animals. Mm. There's, there's, there's that chocolate like cake thing. I can't remember what it's called now. It's in the shape of a bear and you bite its head off and it's got chocolate inside. Yeah. It's like, it's a bit weird when you think about it. Why are we okay with that? And, <laughs> and the mascot is him going, hello. Eat me. It's yeah. very strange. Very odd. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I'm only on board with this so I get to eat the animal. Yeah. 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 I get to eat the mascot. Yeah. Um, so all 39 episodes of The Mysterious Cities of Gold were released in the United Kingdom on the 23rd of June 2008 as a six-disc DVD Good. set. Yeah. Proper. With the picture and sound restored, and uh, the episodes are also still available to buy digitally on oh, Amazon. Great. Yeah. Um, two games based on the Mysterious Cities of Gold, have also been produced. Uh, the first, the Mysterious Cities of Gold Flight of the Condor, was released in 2013, only for iOS users on Apple devices. Uh, the second was titled The Mysterious Cities of Gold Secret Paths and was made in 2013 for PC after a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, the game was released in 2014 for iOS, Wii U, and Nintendo 3DS. Uh, and it's a puzzle game that serves as a sequel to the original series, with Esteban, Ziva, and Tao covering more of the cities of gold it received a mixed <laughs> review is that canon well <laughs> get on we'll get on oh, to okay. that we'll get on to that the mysterious canon because, because yeah the mysterious canon sounds more dramatic than the mysterious jar uh, very mysterious very mysterious enigmatic that jar <laughs> uh, but this game was not the only sequel to the mysterious cities of gold oh. so in 2012 29 years after the first season aired the mysterious cities of gold was revived for a second season what yeah, they brought it back. It's not like a reboot. It's like a like like a, a follow season up. two. Season two. They just did yes. season two like thirty years later in the same like, animation and just well, cast. You, uh, not the same cast because a lot of it. Well, I mean, a lot of them had retired yeah. or, or obviously like aged out of their roles. Um, but um, similar animation style, but yeah, updated to, to reflect more. It didn't go stupid and CGI and anything. No, no, no. Oh, good. Um, so unlike the original series, the sequel was produced entirely in France because Japan didn't care. Um, <laughs> You're like what? What was that? It's, well, that show with the jar, that kid with the jar. No, <laughs> obviously not. We're not making a sequel to that. It's all about a jar. Um, so four seasons have, have since been um, 
Produce, or I should say, you know, season two, season three, season four. I love that they've called it season two, season three, season yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's now like quadrupled its, its oh, run. Great. Serious yeah. of gold. Uh, they have been produced to, to mixed to positive reviews. You're never going to pre- please everyone. No. Um, a lot less focus on the jar, I believe, though, in the more recent seasons, which can only be a good thing. Um, so it picks up where the storyline uh, left off in the 1982 series, with the story moving to China and later Japan as Esteban and his friends uh, search for... More of the cities of so it's just straight away. So it's not like thirty years later. It's just... no, no. It just, it's just like as, it, as if it had been made oh. the following year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Good. Doing it properly. I mean, the animation's obviously better and updated, but it's still similar. Ah, the condor. I mean, I guess there's still all the demand there for it in 2012, I assume. I think I think that that second season did feel a bit like a punt. <laughs> um, but Clearly, there's a there's demand for oh. it. There's an audience for it because there's been a third season, there's been a fourth season. Uh, original writers Jean Chalapin and uh, Bernard Derrier act as creative consultants on the new series, uh, written by Hadrian Soulet-Larivier. Nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, based on uh, Chalapin's own ideas for the sequel. And uh, new background music is composed by the original theme song's singer, Noam oh, Caniel. So, it, you know, the boys... Back yeah. together, getting the original. Trying, really make an effort. Involved. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sequel received a premiere on the now defunct Kicks channel in the UK on the 9th of November 2013. Uh, and season two is also available on DVD and Blu ray in the UK, though the third and fourth seasons are yet to receive an official broadcast or release with an English language <laughs> dub. Maybe someday we will find the lost seasons <laughs> of the mysterious <laughs> Cities of Gold. Yeah. So that, that that's it. Um, thoughts? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those shows where you, whenever we do a planning for the next, like, bunch of episodes, mm. it always sort of comes up. And yeah. I've always been a bit, I've always been like, eh, for some reason, it always, that's cause, that's cause it you... completely passed me by when I was yeah. a kid. And yeah, it just, did, it looked a bit, just looked a bit boring for some reason. I think the title didn't help. I think it just seemed a bit, eh. But seeing the clips and seeing you explain what's going on, there's like, a lot going on. Hearing about the ending Mac jar. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> Yeah, I want to see what this jar looks like. And his kids fucking, it's got, they got a thing and it flies. Yeah, it but, fucking I flies. Mean, yeah, yeah. What more do you want? Uh, uh, no, I mean, it's of its time, but it's very, yeah, I'm glad it's still a thing. I'm glad it's still going. Um, it, it just didn't just end in whenever, whatever year it was and that's it. But uh, no, well, you, you explained it very well. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear me explain more things very well. Very well indeed. uh, Very well. uh, You can find all 100 previous Mm. episodes uh, of Two Geeks, Two Beers at twogeeksdobeers.com, funnily enough, uh, including installments on animated classics like Ulysses 31, when they bring that back for a second season, uh, X-Men, which they actually are bringing back, uh, Thundercats and Defenders of the Earth. Uh, You can also find us on YouTube. Just put Two Geeks, Two Beers into the search bar and you'll find an archive of episodes old and new in full, plus clips and samplers. Uh, We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podbean, Global Player, and all other good podcast outlets. If you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast already, I'm frankly disgusted by you. (laughs)
<laughs> and you can also become a Two Geeks supporter on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash twogeekscast. And you can sponsor the podcast, helping to fund our recording sessions, our equipment. Uh, all your money goes directly back into making the show. And depending on what tier you choose, you get different rewards, including exclusive Patreon-only minisodes, outtakes, personalised thank you videos, merch, including a Two Geeks mug and T-shirt that you can't get anywhere else, and even a mini-episode or full-length episode that's exclusive to you. Uh, we just had a new Patreon so I wanted to give a shout out to support of the show Howard Piriat sorry if I've misspelled, mispronounced your name um, but yeah Howard's always a great supporter of the show and great to see you on board thanks Howard uh, and if you're listening please support if you can because like Sancho and Pedro we're a pair of greedy buffoons <laughs> uh, you can also email us podcast at twogeeks2beers.com and send us feedback thoughts and suggestions for future episodes we'll be back soon and until then remember for the real seas of gold with the friends we made along the way <laughs> So I think we're agreed that the, uh, the Mysterious Cities of Gold theme song is an absolute banger. Yeah. No, uh, so the as I mentioned, the Japanese soundtrack was was different. Yeah. Uh, had a different theme entirely. Uh, the Japanese theme is fine, but it's it's less special. Okay. It's like glam rock meets disco. It's not as good though. No, but... I bet they were livid that they got rid of it and didn't just do an English language version. Yeah. But the, the, the French version yeah. of, of the theme is the same as the English language version, only... In French, all right, as you might expect. Okay. Le 16e siècle. Des quatre coins de l'Europe, de gigantesques voiliers partent à la conquête du nouveau monde. À bord de ces navires, des hommes avides de rêves, d'aventure et d'espace, à la recherche de fortune. Qui n'a jamais rêvé de ces mondes souterrains, de ces mers lointaines peuplées de légendes ou d'une richesse soudaine qui se conquérerait au détour d'un chemin de la cordillère des Andes? Qui n'a jamais souhaité voir le soleil souverain guider ses pas au cœur du pays Inca vers la richesse et l'histoire des mystérieuses cités d'hommes Come on, that's great. In French or English, great. Pretty strong. I love they've really got to fit words in. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me there's a German version. <laughs> no? no? Oh. Sadly not. Yeah. But uh, I, I looked up the, the literal translation of, yeah. of the French version and it's, it's pretty, the lyrics are pretty close okay. to the English version uh, but, 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 but slightly different. So it's, um, it's uh, 
Child of the sun, you roam the land, the sky. Look for a way. It's your life, your destiny. <laughs> Night and day with your two best friends on board the great condor. You look for the cities of gold. Now, this bit's slightly different because okay. they, they throw in the names of the characters. So oh, it's, wow. Ah, Ziatau, the cities <laughs> of gold. Ah, Esteban Ziatau, the cities of gold. And it's, as you expect, it's to do, 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 cities of gold. Child of the sun, your destiny is unique. Adventure <laughs> is calling you. Don't wait and run to meet it. Esteban Ziatau, the cities of gold. There you go. Very yeah. good. A few points there. Yeah. Um, one, better than Philip's go for. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Two, it sort of had an air of um, we're on the ball <laughs> at and deck, You're like trying to fit in all the character names. Like, uh, S. Van Zetel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, it reminded me of, you know, Christa Berg, mm. where he goes, um, never seen the love in the like I wanted to, uh, uh, wanted to dance, <laughs> looking for a little romance. Doesn't yeah. fit. Doesn't work. Because he doesn't, he doesn't say romance, <laughs> so it doesn't work. When they say look for a way, it's your yeah. life, your destiny. Yeah. Your destiny. <laughs> Esteban, it's your destiny. <laughs> 